Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Demon. I am joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. Every day that we're going to record the podcast, I get excited. But today, it's just been a little extra because my good friend, Don Pedro Gonzalez, is joining us. Welcome back. Well, you know, actually, uh, Shane and I go back a few years. Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for him and you as well. And, uh, and it's always a pleasure to come here and, and enjoy good times. And that's what this is all about. Yeah, that, and that's that's really why we do the show is because it gives us an opportunity to sit back and just enjoy each other's company and a couple of good cigars. So, Pedro was the first gentleman I met that was actually in the cigar industry. I had met people that sold cigars, but I had never actually met someone who produced cigars, who created a brand, and just since shaking his hand and getting to know him, I love his product. Always my favorite cigars to, to go to the humidor for. Just a, a great product and a great company. If you don't have Don Gonzalez cigars around where you're at, look around and find them because they're... Well, actually, uh, it worked both ways. Uh, see, I, um, I've been around for 13 years. And uh, one of the things I learned is that the uh, customers enjoy meeting the person that actually makes the cigars. And, uh, and you'd be amazed to see how many questions I get asked. You know, I, I do a lot of one-on-ones as well at uh, my cigar events. I always bring my uh, Cuban cigar roller with me, and he is a master. He's sitting right next door. He's very good. And, uh, and I bring product that is quality. You know, my hand roll cigars are amazing as well. And, uh, and customers appreciate that. You know, we talked about it last time you were on the shows that your, your attention to detail when it comes to quality control surpasses anybody else in the industry. And, and I've just got to tell you, coming off of the heels of last night, I was smoking a cigar that I've smoked probably four boxes worth of. And I got one that was just plugged up. And it was such a miserable experience trying to keep the thing lit and get a good draw off it all night. I just cold draw this one that you gave me, and it's just, it's so perfect already. I haven't even lit it up yet, and I'm already excited about it. Well, I, uh, I was, I, and Shane knows that because we go back a few years. Uh, one of the things that I, um, that I have no patience for it is a cigar that has no draw. Because realistically and honestly, there's no reason why a cigar don't have a good draw. Especially nowadays, so you have the draw master machine, uh, which doesn't fail. And if you have a good quality control uh, with the uh, draw master machine, uh, which, by the way, is made in Georgia. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, and, it, and if you do it properly, there's no reason for that. Because uh, we all know that a cigar that has no draw, you lose consistency uh, in addition to not being able to draw. Uh, the burn is not there. I mean, it's just a... Uh, I mean, I, I take that personally. I'm so, not saying that you'll find a cigar here and there that don't have the perfect draw. But I would say that overall, my cigars... I've, I am very proud to say that my cigars have excellent draw. 
So, talk to us a little bit about the stick we're smoking tonight. Tell us kind of what is this stick. Well, this this particular cigar that both of you guys are enjoying is a uh, is one of my uh, 10th anniversary uh, line, and it's a uh, medium strength. It has one of my favorite wrappers. It's a dark Ecuadorian wrapper cigar. It's very consistent. Uh, excellent flavor. Because I'm big on flavor. Mm-hmm. To me, a cigar, one of the first things that I looked at is the flavor, in addition to the strength. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I've, I've only been into it for just, you know, maybe a minute or so. But I'm really enjoying I'm, I'm a big fan of Ecuadorian tobacco. And, and this, the wrapper on this, you can really taste that. It's, it's very, very good to start out. I'm, I'm enjoying to, to get even further through it and see how it... Now, what causes, what would cause a cigar to have a poor draw? What part of construction went wrong if a cigar has There's a bad no draw? To it. Uh, it all goes down to the buncher, the person that bunches the cigars. Example, if you uh, put too much material on the cigar, there's a good reason why the cigar is not going to draw properly. Now, on the draw master machine, <clears throat> there's a gauge. If that goes from zero to like 60, anytime you put that cigar without putting the wrapper on, you test the cigar without the wrapper, just a filler. And once you put that on the cylinder and the gauge goes between zero and 30, perfect draw. 35, now once you get to 40, the draw is not gonna be there. So traditionally what we do is we go ahead and put those aside and the uh, person that we have checking the draw, they come in bundles of 50. And in top of the uh, uh, newspaper has the number of the uh, bench that actually bunch the cigar and put the wrapper on the cigar. So you know we know who they are. Now, if you have one or two, that's understandable. But if you have four or five, they go back. And traditionally what we do, we ask them what happened. Now, we know what happened. It was either construction or too much material. Mm -hmm. Now, do you ever weigh your cigars? Um, you have to. So you you do weigh all of them? You have to. You have to. That's a very good question. Now, what does a what does a standard cigar weigh? A standard, you know, six by sixty is usually about where we're at. 0.5. Is is what the weight should be. Right. Okay. But don't take that for granted. That's just the old way of finding out. Nowadays, with new technology and the draw master, I still say that we should draw test the cigar. Yeah. How many out of how many out of that that bunch of 50 are you putting in the draw master oh that's all day all, all of them all day you got to taste every one of them oh wow you have to i mean if you want to get consistency and quality control you have to test every one of them that's i've got to imagine you're probably one of the only people that's doing it on every cigar I'd well ma- not necessarily uh i know a lot of people in nicaragua that do that same process okay see once you start taking things for granted and you say, well, I raised that's a, that's the ten of them, and they're good. And you say, why am I going to do the rest? 
I think you're taking a chance. Yeah. My opinion. So how many people do you have working your quality control? Is that is that one person's job? Every to supervisor has is in charge of 10 uh, benches. Okay. So in addition to uh, the uh, checking the draw, we have supervisors touching the cigars and making sure that there's no empty spots and that the construction is properly. Okay. But you still have to check it. Right. I mean, if you really want a good cigar. Well, and we talk about it all the time. You know, it, they're works of art. They're handmade products. Like, they're all going to vary slightly. So it, it, it makes sense uh, that you would check every, every one of them just to make... We do. We do. That's excellent. So how long does it train, take to train someone on a bench? Is it, have most of them been in the cigar business their whole life, or does, do you have to train them? How much time is invested in getting I someone that can roll? Traditionally, we go uh, at least three months. And, you know, uh, always remember that once you do it eight hours a day or five days a week, if in three months you don't see cigars, it's not how many you make. It's how many you make properly. Mm-hmm. It's not a contest. And, and also, depending on the size, is how many you make a day. Uh, example, a uh, Lancero, because of the size, seven and a half by 38, is a very difficult cigar to make. Also, the Salomon, seven and a half, seven and an eighth by 58. Now, those two sizes are the most difficult sizes to make in a cigar factory. The Salomon because of the shape, and the Lancero because of the width, which is a 38. And, and most of the times, a Lancero is the easiest cigar not to have a draw. I've, I've talked about that on the show before. Yeah. Is I don't smoke a lot of Lanceros because... Well, I make a good Lancero. I'll have to try yours. Lancero. I make a good Lancero, and all my Lanceros are... The draw is just... Perfect. Now, usually what we do at the factory is we, uh, we know who the uh, bunches and the wrappers are, you know, people that wrap the cigars, who they are, and we select certain people to do Lanceros and Salomons. So you and I were talking about it after, before the mics got hot. Your factory actually is closed the month of December, correct? Everybody closes for a month. They open back up again January the 8th. <laughs> is that just to give people time off, or is there, is there just a, not much to do? It's more of a tradition. Okay. Even in Cuba, they do that. Oh, really? Yeah, most of the places. Dominican, everybody does the same thing. So everyone, so everyone closes for a month, and the rollers and then, take and, time and off. And then you do maintenance, you know, and you do the odds and ends. They usually don't have the time during the year when you're working. Mm-hmm. Producing cigars, so. So, who's in charge of stems? Because nothing ruins a cigar for me like catching a stem in that cigar, and I've never caught a stem in one of yours. Well, it goes back to the same thing. See, that's what we call in Spanish despalillar. Despalillar is remove the veins, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. If you don't have quality control, you're going to have that problem. Now. It happens. It happens because always remember that cigars is all handmade. Right. And humans, you know, we also, uh, we're not perfect. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I wish we were, you know. But overall, we, uh, you know, you have to stay on it. It makes no difference what department on the factory is, whether it's the packaging department, uh, removing the stamps, you know, which is the spalillard, uh, bunching it, uh, rolling it. Um, you have to stay on it. Now, you mentioned it took about three months of training to get them up to, to roll it. Do, do most of your rollers start as other parts in the process and kind of work their way to that? Well, it depends what you want to do. Okay. If you want to bunch or if you want to roll. See, uh, in Nicaragua, they worked in uh, couples where one bunches and the other ones roll. And they work hand in hand. Now, in other places, like in Cuba, it's only one person that does both. So in the morning, they bunch. In the afternoon, they roll the, the same cigars. But you're limiting yourself to the fact that the average example on a uh, Churchill cigar or a Robusto size, you can do 300, 350 a day when you have couples. If you have one person bunching in the morning and rolling in the afternoon, you can cut that in half. So you're going to make 150, 125 to 150. So if you get 1,000 pounds of tobacco, let's say, for instance, you have 1,000 pounds of tobacco, by the time you've made cigars out of that 1,000 pounds of tobacco, how much of that tobacco has been lost? What's, is it 10%? Is it 20%? How much of it is I, I just I think lost? safely you're looking at 20-25%. Okay. Yeah. I was, I've always been curious about that, about how much now, of it is all, just rejected. Especially uh, if you make a uh, box press cigar. See, a box press is more... Because you have to roll the cigar and then you have to press it. And traditionally, when you press cigars, you always lose wrappers you're going to break some wrappers and also you have to be very very uh careful with the draw because if you press a cigar too much the draw goes away so that's why a box press is very special cigar does it start as a lighter rolled cigar to begin with right okay and then you press it how long do you press it for I would say uh, it, it depends because some t I, I have seen box press that are much thinner than others. Now you're taking a chance. That's a big risk. I have a triple hero box press, and my draw on those cigars are perfect. But I stay on it. Right. Yeah, I've enjoyed a couple of boxes of those, yeah. and I know exactly. I know you had them before. Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my cigars that I really like. It's definitely a more full-bodied cigar than what I standard. But it's a, it's a full-bodied cigar with flavor. That makes a difference. Now the Lajero gives it strength. What gives it flavor? Flavor is all about the blending, and it's not as easy as he said. You got to work at it because Lajero has a tendency of uh, removing the flavor. Because to get strength on a cigar is easy, basically. Well, either you put more Lejero or you take a good Viso that is very strong and do a combination of. But the idea behind, in my eyes, when I blended the uh, triple Lejero as an example, I wanted both. 
I want it to have flavor and strength as well. Now, that didn't come easy. We had to really work at it for a while until finally we said, that's the one right there. And you stick to it. Hmm. And then you have to be consistent. Because when you sell the first bunch, you just got to, and you reorder, the cigar's got to be basically the same. And we keep, uh, we keep track of exactly the blending and how everything came out. And you also have to have the uh, wrapper as well, and, and it is costly mm-hmm. to stay. See, the, the, one of the biggest things in the cigar industry is consistency. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you the number of cigars that I've had where, you know, the first box is great, and then the next box is not the same. And then they either either get better or worse over time, but just not, but they change inconsistent. But to have consistency, you have to have a lot of bales put away. Mm-hmm. And also bales, uh, uh, wrappers as well, to stay consistent. And that's money that basically just sitting there. Now, how long, how long are you aging your cigars for before they hit the market? Actually, I, I was talking to uh, Shane about that. Uh, that's called the fermentation process. Okay. You know, and that could take, uh, the cigars will tell you when they're ready. All right. You know. And you were saying you do that by smell. You actually smell right. for the ammonia. The stronger, more time. You know, it's at 120 degrees, and you have to keep rotating it, which I uh, show, actually, uh, Shane, a... Uh, how they, that's what we call pilon. Okay. Put them on a pilon and keep an eye on it on a daily basis, you know. And it's a process. A process of love, though, right? Well, you have <laughs> to have a passion for it. Yeah. You know, and I do. I enjoy what I do. Now, just a technical question that I know really is not here nor there, but I got to ask. Do the rollers wear surgical gloves or anything, or is it all no, barehanded? No, no, it's all handed. It's all barehanded. It's always... I mean, let's face it. Uh, like I said before, once you do it eight hours a day, five days a week, and, you know, uh, month after month and years after years, you know, uh, like, uh, example, my uh, roller here, uh, and by the way, he can also punch as well. Uh, I would not say that it's automatic. But to a point, it becomes automatic. Right. If you know what you're doing. It's like everything, no matter what kind of business you're in. If you're a surgeon or a dentist, whatever. You know, it's uh, whatever profession you're in. Uh, Once you get to know and you're good at it, that's how it works. Well, one day I'm definitely making a trip to Nicaragua. I've got to see your factory. Cause well, I, what does it feel like on the floor where all the benches are? Is there? Do you all have music? Do you have no. someone reading? Or is it just no, all rolling? No, I will say an old myth uh, from way back. Uh, you know, no more, uh, no more stories <laughs> or uh, music. I mean, there's. I mean, listen, they're they're entitled to have music, but it's Most, not a it's not a given. Right. No. So most people are just focused on rolling the cigars. Well, if you see, uh, I, and I'm sure you have seen him, uh, my roller, roll cigars before. You see how intense he gets, uh, how into it he gets, to the point that you, if you ask him a question, it's not that he's, uh, the roller is trying to uh, not to talk to you. It's just that the concentration is so big that they really got to get into it. 
Yeah, I always compare it. It's like when you watch someone who's really a good pianist playing the piano. They're just totally in it. Their fingers are moving. It's muscle memory. And I, I kind of feel that way when I see someone rolling a cigar. I feel like I'm watching a pianist at work or someone playing a violin. Well, you know, basically it's an art. It is an art. That, that's really interesting, too. That, that part of it fascinates me, seeing the the rollers actually putting the cigars together and the bunching process is really now do you have blend books do you keep blend books of all your blends or do you You, have you definitely have to have that because that's actually how you get back to it you know if you reorder the same cigar that's that's the only way you can track to stay consistent with the same blend and the blend books are closely guarded oh no those are that's that's like going in. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a special place for that. <laughs> yeah, Kept like Fort Knox. Yeah, <laughs> that's inside the safe that's in the safe that's in the safe, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've always found that interesting because it's just this year I found out about blend books from someone else. I didn't even know blend books existed. And so is it, do they write down the ingredients and the crop it comes from, or how do you categorize it? Well, you have to write down exactly how you blended it and how much of each. So in a standard cigar, in a 6x60, do you use a full leaf of Lajero? Do you use a piece of a leaf? How much is average? It goes back to what kind of strength you want on that cigar. Right. If you want a mild cigar, there's one blend for it. You have mild, you have mild to medium, you have medium, you have medium to full, and you have full body. So depending on what you're looking for, that's how much you put into it. So, which, which kind of brings a question. So when you mentioned your triple Lajero cigar, and you know, La Florida Dominicana does a double Lajero double cigar. Lajero. So what is the, is, is there any type of... Uh, I guess, what's the difference? Is it triple the amount of X, or where does that... Well, actually, in our cigar, what we have is uh, three Lijeros from three different regions. Okay. So that's where it's the different... Right. Okay. Okay, so it would be, you were telling me the three regions before we got on the air. It was well <laughs> a, co- a closely guarded they're, secret they're, I just got showed. There are different regions in, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in Nicaragua. You know, right. I've Because I've always wondered where that, that terminology comes from since there's no you know, baseline because it's all depending on what you're going for. Well, we're going to step away real quick. It's time for a break. Time always flies when we have a good guest. But we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with more of the Cigar Cast. Well, thank you, guys. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, sitting across the table from Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. Our guest tonight is Don Pedro Gonzalez, one of my dear friends, just like family to me. Pedro has always been such a gentleman to my family and to myself and just really enjoy his product. It's always fun to have a guest who's so passionate about their product. We try. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to say I'm really enjoying this cigar. That is a very good cigar, actually. 
it's a uh, and again it's a uh, it's a good solid medium but to me that uh, wrapper and the flavor is just amazing it's got so much more flavor than you expect out of a medium bodied cigar and something else on that particular cigar is the consistency on it yeah the flavor hasn't changed no, at no, all no and and also you won't see no bitterness i mean it's just a clean smoke yeah, and you know it's funny. I, I I mention all the time that I think a lot when people talk about tasting notes that most of the time they're full of it. But you know the people that review for magazines stuff like that. But there's almost a plum taste to it. It's just that little bit of sweetness of the tobacco that I'm really really enjoying. I may be way off. Well, but. no, that goes down <laughs> to the fermentation process. It's okay. well cured. That's what that means. Okay. Now, do you t- standardly buy your tobacco from the same farmers every year, or does it go up at a big auction, a big market? How does that work? Well, we want to stay with the same people, because that, that will give you more consistency. About how many acres of tobacco a year do you end up buying, or about how many pounds, I guess, is probably more accurate? Man, I'll tell you what. Too many. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've often wondered how many it takes. Because you produce over a million cigars a year, don't oh, you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And how many? Roughly, how many do you produce a year? Uh, this year, I think I'll I'll, I'll finish with one point six. One point six million. Okay. Yeah. Which is not bad. Oh no. Now, how much of that gets sold overseas? Believe it or not, about fifteen percent. The U.S. market is a big market. Huge market. Now, do you sell in Canada? Is there a Canadian market, too? No. Spain. Lar- largely in Spain and around there. That's The whole thing is interesting to me, how you do it. And your wrappers always have... We spent a lot of time this year on the podcast talking about wrappers and how some wrappers look like they were actually sanded and painted. They're so smooth. But yours always have that, that more toothy feel to it. I love the rougher feel on the wrapper. Is that something that y'all consider, or is that kind of how the tobacco yields? How does that work? Well, it depends on the wrapper. But uh, we try to stay away from uh, what you just said. You know, we want to have the real wrapper because that guarantees you much better flavor. Now, what's the number one mistake you see people make who are smoking your cigars? What mistake have you seen them do that you would you would love to correct if you could tell a new cigar smoker cut the cigars i mean i i think cutting a cigar is very important especially uh i give a good example and i see that a lot on a torpedo or a salomon uh my favorite favorite way to cut a one of those cigars i slanted it now when you slant the torpedo or a salomon right the draw is better and you don't have the problem on the wrapper unraveling coming off now a torpedo if you cut it too low that's when the wrapper comes off and i see that mistake a lot of times and on the other hand i I understand that if you don't have the knowledge I, i mean how many times i have come up to a customer and say may i show you something and i take the cigar and slanted it and they said, man, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah, you, you taught me that early in my cigar smoking career, and I've, I've showed that to a number of people, and everybody said how amazing it is when I'm, I always do it on about a 45, and it just increases that surface area of the draw. 
and he throws better. I think so too. One of the things when I talk to new cigar smokers, a lot of times talk about how that that torpedo shape really you know can limit the draw because it's coming to such a point. So that that really solves that problem and gives you that full draw, allows you to, to see on a torpedo. If you cut it just a little bit, you're not going to draw. Mm-hmm. Now, if you cut it too much, the wrapper might come off. So by slanting it, everything goes away. Excellent. Yep. So, how many how many cigars are in your line now? Oh my God, man! I have actually uh, wrappers. I have uh, like fifty eight, and I have like uh, seventeen different sizes. What's the we biggest have a selection? What's the biggest cigar you make? Well, I have a special edition that I had for years that is a very, very excellent cigar. And, and people keep buying them. Uh, the Triple Ligero is a great cigar. I do a lot of those cigars. Uh, but I also have a, a 10th anniversary San Andreas wrapper mm. that is a tremendous cigar. And I have that in three sizes. Okay. Yeah, that is a... Uh, San Andreas is a... Uh, it's all flavor. The flavor in a San Andreas wrapper, if you understand what that is, it's just incredible, flavor-wise. Yeah, most of the time when we start talking about cigars and we start talking about our recipe, if I was building the cigar that Shane was going to smoke every day, I would want a dark cigar. I'd want it to be full-bodied. I would want it to be Nicaraguan, and I'd want a San Andreas wrapper. That's not a bad combination. <laughs> that, that would be, if, I, if somebody said, what's your recipe for the perfect cigar? I think that's what I would tell them. Because that just seems to appeal to my palate. How long does it take, how long in your experience does it take to really develop your palate as a cigar smoker? Is it an ongoing process? You know, or? You know uh, Shane, that's a very good question. And, and, you know, your palate changes, believe it or not, maybe every day. There are days that I get up, and I, <clears throat> traditionally, in my case, I like to have a mild cigar early in the morning. And there are days that I don't want to have a mild cigar. I want to have a medium. You know, it's amazing how your palate changes every day. Uh, it's, it's hard to say. Example, years ago, I was more of a mild cigar smoker. Nowadays, because of the times I go to the factory, which I usually go every four or five weeks, and, and at the factory you smoke everything. Well, my palate has changed to a medium now. Does it vary with what you've eaten that day, or does that ever affect you? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. God, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've been trying to figure it out. And, and it's not just me. I mean, I, I got a lot of my good friends that I know... I know just about everybody in Nicaragua, and, and they all tell me the same thing. You know that your palate changes. So if you're, I know you love soccer. If you're sitting watching soccer and drinking a good Cuban rum, what are you having? What are you smoking? Well, with a good rum, I want to have a good Habano wrapper. So the 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 Ecuadorian Habano, or the... I think that will go hand in hand with it. Hmm. Now, as far as drinking is concerned, I get that question asked so many times. What is a good drink to have with a cigar? My answer is the one you like. (laughs) 
I mean, some people like wine, some people like rum, some people like whiskey. Uh, I'm a big fan of coffee myself. I, I, there you are, coffee. You know, uh, even beer. I mean, I got friends that like love beer. Uh, actually, my brother-in-law is a big uh, beer drinker. All right. And he's a big cigar smoker, and that's, you know. So there's no set drink in my eyes for a cigar. It's the one you like. So it's just like the cigar, you know. Yeah. The best cigar is the one you like. Now, when I drink rum, the only thing I do is I don't mix it with anything straight. And you just sip at it. Right. Now, also, also, there's a lot of times that I take a, uh, the cigar and dip it in the rum, cut it, and smoke it. Mm-hmm. Man, I'll tell you what. <laughs> now, you dip it before you cut it? Yes. Okay. I've wondered about that. I've you seen dip people it, dip you them. You dip it, and then cut it, and you smoke it, and whoa. Now, do you, how far up the cigar do you dip? Do no, you dip up? just uh, maybe a half an inch. Okay. Or an inch at the most. Just a, just a little. Just to get a flavor. All right. Yeah. Very. So we're seeing a lot of cigars come out on the market now that are barrel-aged and are done, the fermentation process is done so many different ways. How do you, have you looked into any of those processes? Or yes, do you I have. As a matter of fact, I'm looking into it. Because, you know, you have to stay with the times. And times change. Mm-hmm. Now, years ago, if you told that to anybody, they'll say, What? <laughs> bourbon flavor rum flavor you know well guess what times have changed and, and you have to stay with the times so you mentioned you know your palate changing and things does that influence what you're blending at the time as well like if you're smoking more mild cigars do you tend to blend towards that or is it about what you're looking to do for the next step in your line well a- again you know the market changes all the time and uh, as the market changes, uh, you know, like example, like Shane was saying a little while ago, six by 60, it's been popular for years mm-hmm. and still popular. And then you had, uh, they stepped it up to a 70, 80s. That's a big cigar. <laughs> well, there's a market for it. Yeah. So you have to stay with it. Yeah, some of the fa- some of my favorite cigars that I got were the yours that were the short sixty ring gauge. I think they were four by sixties. They're four by sixty. I still make that cigar. Still, that was some of my favorite cigars because it had the full as flavor. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you had the one the, one of my latest release. It's a uh, San Andres five by sixty six. That sounds have right I up your that. alley. Yeah, that's exactly what and, I need. And, and let me tell you, I I wish I had. Some with me here right now. I don't, but I, I can tell you that cigar is selling very well. Because there is a tendency now of a lot of customers going short and fat. And again, market changes. Well, and I think some, because I love the Lancero. I love the Don Gonzalez Slim. I have a box of those that I always smoke That's on. That's a very good cigar. Great cigar. Love that cigar. But it's, it takes too short a time to smoke. I want it to last longer. 
I need one of them about a foot and a half long. <laughs> you need a 14-inch. Yeah, something that I need a stick to prop the end of it off as I'm smoking it. Cigar with a bipod. Just yeah. To... <laughs> yeah, something that I can grip hold of. But I think that is what we're seeing in the market is we're seeing a lot of people that don't have as long to smoke a cigar but still want that full flavor. I think that's where we're getting a lot of the, the shorter... Especially in the winter time. Mm-hmm. You'll find that on the winter... Uh, a lot of customers, especially in the areas where there's snow and the type of weather that people want to have a shorter cigar and enjoy it. Well, and, you know, occasionally I'll step away from work on my lunch break or whatever, and I, I want—I don't want to sacrifice flavor or the enjoyment of the cigar when I only have a short amount of time. So for me, that that type of cigar, that Rothschild, that shorter but little bit bigger ring gauge helps kind of fill that. Not only that, but also you'll find that uh, when you smoke a cigar, and I've seen that happen many times, and I try to explain to customers, and they'll take the cigar and cut it and say, I smoke the rest later on. It's not the same. It's really not. It it's does not, it does change when same. that happens. Because the combustion of the cigar, you know, is is already going and So I've got to play fact or fiction with you. Do they really do triple capped or cigar are Cuban cigars really triple capped or is that just a myth? Well, it's a combination of you know. I mean we do it we do it at the factory, but that was just a, uh, a system that was established so many years ago. What was the purpose of doing a triple cap? It's uh, actually the uh, construction looks better, much nicer if you know how to do it. But I've wondered if that really once, serves once a purpose. Once you cut the cigar, it made no difference. It was a double or triple cap. You know. So it's almost a tradition thing at that right, point. Right, right, right. But that's interesting to me because I've heard people always say, oh, yeah, it's got to have a triple cap. And I'm like, ah, it just seems like more cutting. <laughs> it seems like more time I've got to spend with my scissors out and working on my cigar. <laughs> what will cause an uneven burn? What will cause Because I had a problem for a while where I was getting a lot of uneven construction. burns. Is it construction that will do that? Construction. And you'll find that uh, if you have on the construction of the cigar what we call a empty pocket, it starts burning sideways, right? Now, traditionally, if you have a good blend, most of the times, it will even out again. But I personally don't like that. Right. How much ash should you keep on the end of your cigar? How much? You know, I, I look at ash. Uh, I, I, I am guilty and, and proud to say that I have lost a lot of shirts. <laughs> nice, nice wire bearers. <laughs> because I, I take an ash like the filter of the cigar, and I, and let me tell you, I just enjoy it. To me, to have a, lar- a long ash. As a matter of fact, that's one of the things we do uh, a lot of times in uh, special cigar rolling events. We do a, a long ash contest, and uh, I just enjoy seeing a customer with a. Two, two and a half inch uh, uh, ash. And that says a lot about construction as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because And a hard ash. 
Right. Well, if it wouldn't have been soft, it fell off, you know, would it come off? You know? Right. Yeah, I've seen the long ash contests where they're holding their cigars up and smoking them, pointing down and everything else, trying to keep that ash on there. So I've Now, I can tell you that uh, women are masters of that. Really? For some reason, I guess they have more patience. <laughs> and I've seen uh, most of the times the winners are women. They just sit back and slowly, I mean, they... How long should it take to smoke a good cigar? And when I, when I always talk about timing, I'm usually talking about the vast majority of cigars I smoke are 6 by 60s Well, you, you know, know. That's, a, that's a very good question. Let me tell you. I have friends and customers that I know that they puff at the cigar and they go do it quickly. My, my version of that is that I, I like to enjoy a cigar, especially when you have good company. Mm-hmm. You're talking to friends, you're playing dominoes, and I, I, I am not the type of smoker that likes to just beat up on a cigar. Now, also remember that the faster you smoke a cigar, the hot it gets. And, and that's also a chance to lose flavor. And even the burn might look a little different. I, I like to enjoy a cigar. I think one of the, one of, for me, one of the best things I can say about a cigar is that I wish it was about two inches longer. You know, that comes from that enjoying that cigar. Now, sometimes it's about the company you keep, sometimes What I about, think a good 40, 45 minutes it's good timing. Yeah. About right. That's, that's kind of been the consensus yeah. now. Do you prefer a soft flame or a jet lighter? You know, here we go again. You know, it's, <laughs> it's all about the person, uh, Shane. I mean, I, I personally like a, a torch. Now, if you talk to a lot of people, uh, uh, example, Nicaragua, to get gas on a lighter is... It's non-existing. So I call those uh, Nicaraguan lighters. Everybody carries a big lighter. <laughs> you know, and I am not a fanatic of it, but that's what you got. You know, some people like to use a stick uh, the old-fashioned way. Uh, it's all about the person. Me, personally, I like a torch. It allows you to... Co- control the light a little bit better you can kind of especially if you know how to smoke the cigar yeah something else you and i spoke about before the show that i did want to touch on you said you had actually met um mr padrone that just passed away last week yes i did that you said it, he went by orlando he didn't actually go by jose orlando padrone yep and uh we were impression of him he was just very what was your impression of Mr. Actually, Padron? his name was Jose O. Padron, Jose Orlando Padron. It's a, he was a good man, rest in peace, and uh, the whole family is uh, is good family. It's, it's really interesting to me to start seeing how all these... It always starts in the same place with someone that loves cigars, and then they start building a company around that. And uh, how did you start in the cigar industry? Actually, it's a family business, and I took over 13 years ago. And I was going to retire, and uh, I, I, I've been smoking cigars for almost 30 years. 
and I knew a lot of the people in the cigar industry and I said you know so I, I started like uh, I want to do something else and, uh, and it just kept growing and and here I am now do you have any kids that will take over and continue actually to... my son he, uh, he, he he smokes a lot of cigars and eventually uh, although I'm not ready <laughs> I don't think I'm there but uh, eventually he might uh, take over yeah now, when a bunch of y'all get together, when a bunch of cigar makers get together at the ICPCR show or at other events, I know there's a Nicaraguan cigar festival, things like that. When y'all get a, get together, what do y'all discuss? What what sort of topics come up? What would surprise us? Well, one of the things that we do is uh, we share cigars. You know, hey, listen, I got this new cigar. Give me your honest opinion, and then it works both ways. And we also talk, I see, uh, there's a lot of times that it's hard to see everybody throughout the year unless you're doing events and it happens to be that they're around. So, and at the IPCPR is a place that since everybody's there, you get to say hello to everybody and then after the show is over, so you have a drink, uh, you go for dinner, you know, I mean, it's, it's a good, you know, it's a good place to uh, say hello to everybody. You get a chance to kind of network right. and catch up. Mingle and with them. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Is the, do y'all do a lot of trading of talent? I mean, is the, would the blender for your company go to another company? Have you ever got one from another one, or is it? No, we, uh, we taste uh, all the people's uh, cigars. Very confidential, you know. And uh, all we do is say it's good. It's not, you know, and that's it, you know. During blending, how many people are involved in blending We usually get four or five people, and people that understand cigars, and they know cigars. And then, then when you blend a cigar, and you have this many people around it, what you want to hear is the truth. Do you like it? What do you think? Is the flavor there? Is the consistency there? Is the cleanliness of the cigar there? How is its strength? I mean, you know, you talk about everything. Well, and you don't have reps. You do all of your own reps. No, I have reps. Oh, you do have reps. And but there's a lot of stores that, uh, that I actually consider friends, and, and that's why I do a lot of events. Uh, I, I wish I could do it for everybody, but unfortunately I can't. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, my good friends at certain stores that they basically want me to go and be there. And customers appreciate that. It, we do. You know, we, I appreciate that when I sit down with one of your cigars, I feel like I'm sitting down with a friend. I feel like I, you know, your cigar makes me feel like you and I are sitting and smoking it. I get to really enjoy that, that friendship. And Trey and I, when we share cigars together and we talk about them, you know, we, we obviously like it. We sit here and do it every week. <laughs> But it's, it's really a, that personal connection is so hard to beat when you start developing those relationships with cigar people. I mean, there are times that I feel bad that I cannot do it with everybody. I wish I did, you know, but uh, I'm only one person, you know. Mm -hmm. And I know as a, as a consumer, I, I love seeing the, the owners and the reps and people out just to see, see that much passion still in the industry. I have a lot of passion for cigars. That's why we do this show. It's why I smoke as many cigars a week as I do. 
it, it's great to see it on the other side, to know that that passion's coming from, from the seed, you know, and, and all the way through the process. I understand, and I agree with you 100%. So he spoke about the seed. How important is the seed? Because you hear people say, oh, it's Cuban seed, oh, it's this seed. Is the soil well, or the seed more I think, important? I think it's a combination of the soil, the seed, and the process. Cigars is very complex. It's not just, well, I have a good soil, I have a good seed, and it's over. It doesn't work like that. It's the process after the soil and the seed and how you handle the rest of the process. It's just very important. Now, do you use a larger leaf or do you use a shorter leaf it in your cigars? It depends on the crop. Every crop is different. Every crop is different. How, how, that was actually going to be my next question, which is, you know, the, how much, I know you guys have a pretty stable climate down in Nicaragua, but it is. How, how much of a, of a difference between the weather a given year is that going to change? Well, you say Nicaragua, it rains. Uh, actually, it's just stopped raining. Middle of October, at the end of October. And that's right now is grow season okay. in Nicaragua until the end of May, then rainy season starts. Now, when it's raining, you can't grow. But it's very steady. Example, uh, especially in Esteli, uh, early in the morning, 60s, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 94, 6, 7 o'clock at night, 60s again. So it's very... Uh, now, this time of the year, December, January, and February, it gets cold at night. There's times it gets down to 50s. <laughs> yeah. Because of the mountain. Right. So, so I'm guessing then tobacco's a plant that doesn't like a lot of rain, doesn't like a lot of water. Well, water, when you start growing, it's your best friend. Mm-hmm. After it gets to a certain height, it's your worst enemy. Yeah. So it's a very complex growing yeah. process. But at the beginning, you have to have water. Then after that, you've got to stay away from it. Hmm. Traditionally, what they do in Nicaragua is they grow beans, corn, during the rainy season. And the reason for that is to keep the soil intact and ready. So when growing season starts, the soil is ready. So they're rotating the crops on that same patch to keep right. the... Okay. So, another silly question about the pro- about owning a cigar factory. What's rodent control like? Do y'all have mice and rats that you have to contend with? How do you... No, 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 no. We, uh, <laughs> we take care of that. How, I mean, do you keep cats around? How is that No, done? no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I don't hear any problems on that. No, I mean, I mean, tobacco wouldn't seem like it would attract them, but I know if you got pile, you know, pilons. Well, that are unless, unless you get a rat that is a cigar smoker, you know, that's a. <laughs> 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 there could be some out there, you know. Well, I've just, I've just wondered how much that factors into the the process. No, no, we don't have any problems with that. Huh. Well, Pedro, really delighted to have you back on the show. I appreciate hey, you listen, sitting down. Hey, Actually, I, I am on my way to Alabama, and I had to stop and say hello to you guys. 
Well, we, we really appreciate it. It's uh, always a blast when you that's come That's how by. much uh, respect I have for Shane and you and, and, and the friendship that we have established throughout the years. I mean, I have to stop here. Well, we are certainly glad you did. Um, for those listening, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, it's getting about that time in the episode. We're, we're about to sign off and say goodbye. But in the meantime, throughout the week, uh, always reach out to us. Email info at thecigarcast.com. You can find us on facebook.com slash thecigarcast. And, of course, Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast as well. Well, Pedro, thank you for taking the time tonight to sit with us. I know you're on your way. I'm very excited about the rolling event. Um, so in the cigar room in Madison, and he keeps an excellent supply and of also, your cigars. And also Florence as well. Oh, you're going to do Florence also? Yeah. Oh, very great. Very good. And if you've never taken the time and gone and actually had a cigar that was fresh rolled, you're really missing something. It's hard to beat when he's actually... One more question before we go. (laughs) I know I'm running over on time, but I've got to... I love talking to Pedro about this stuff. How much preparation goes into doing a rolling event? I mean... Well, you know, that, that is something that you do in advance. At least uh, a good three months before. Uh, and uh, I bring uh, the fillers from Nicaragua. And uh, my wrappers, well, you had plenty of those uh, hand-rolled cigars. I bring nothing but first-class wrappers. Uh, my fillers are fermented, aged properly, ready to smoke. So in other words, there's, uh, my hand-rolled cigars are not the ones that in order to smoke the cigar, you have to put them away for four or six weeks. Now, also, if you take those cigars and put them away for six weeks, they're going to be 100% even better. No. Because the longer you keep them, the better they get. But they're ready to be smoked and enjoy, which is the idea behind. So buy a bunch, smoke one, and a lot then hang of customers on to a do that. Yeah. I have customers that buy 30, 40, 50 of them and. and Put some away, and and they when I see them again, they say, "Hey, man, you were right. <laughs> They're thousand times better." Excellent. So, um, is there anywhere online that sells your cigars? We have listeners all over the country, and actually all over the world. We've got responses from different listeners. Is there anywhere online anyone can get Don Gonzalez, or you got to go to a shop? Well, you got to go to the shops because I uh, I chose to do it that way. Have you ever considered getting into the online retail part of it, or is it just a... You never know. (laughs) Never know know what the future may hold. Well, thanks again, Pedro, for being on the show with us. Well, I uh, before we wrap it up, I just want to thank both of you guys. You do an excellent job, and I wish you nothing but success. And, And believe me, it's not my pleasure. It's an honor to spend some time with you guys here. Well, we feel the same way. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week.